All right. So you sent me something dumped the other day, and I try to full first name you. Uh, and when I say some dumb shit, like when I say some dumb shit and someone goes Shayla instead of saying like Shay, what the fuck? But like with all due respect as someone that also has the name Gabrielle in her name, it just doesn't have the same kick as when you say Gabby in that tone. No. So, so, Gabrielle sounds like a real person. Right? And so so in my sleep-deprived haze, because it was the day that I woke up at 4.30 a.m. and I stayed up to watch the Panthers play in Vegas, and it lasted in, it, it lasted in like a shootout loss at like 1.30 a.m. the next day. Um, so I opened a message from you, and it was the dumbest fucking handcrafted meme you've ever sent me. <laughs> and the only thought I had was, Gabatha, please. And I just started like I'm, I'm just imagine me like this fucking gremlin, like scarfing down White Castle, uh, laughing for five minutes straight at, at the name Gabatha. And now every time you send something dumb, my like dumb brain is like wants to respond with Gabatha. But I couldn't do that without context. I just <laughs> I love it. But also I just have no words. I know. <laughs> I like you don't know how many times today I was like so tempted like my fucking brain was just like Gabatha please <laughs> but if I fucking sent that to you without context you'd be like what the actual fuck Shay I have no words <laughs> so yeah it's that- really hard for me so yeah, I'm gonna go change your name in my contact info as Gabitha. Pigeon. Make Maddie proud. Make Daddy proud. Don't dye your hair. It's only game. Why you have to be mad? All right. Now that you guys have heard that, that's going in the show. She's like, we're going to record before you start, because I don't know if that's going in. That's going in. Um, hi, and welcome to the Perpuxic Podcast. Um, obviously, Shay is here. Do you have a real roundtable topic as well? Yeah, I do. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right, so shit blew up during the Florida Panthers Western Roadie. I'll start off with a simple thing, which is that Troy Brower got hit with a puck point blank during morning skate in Vegas. He left like a trail of blood from the ice to the locker room and had to spend hours getting a ton of stitches to hold his gums together. Gross. And um, yeah, and those are those are that's a direct quote, by the way. And apparently, he got back from the dentist at three thirty. He was on the bus for the game at four, and then he had to play with a metal cage because they'd already lost uh, Dennis Malgin to in- injury, and they didn't have time to call anyone out. So they would have been they would have had to play shorthanded if he didn't play. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is that the Panthers might be playing their rookie goalie tonight against the Carolina Hurricanes, who have one of the best records in the league since New Year's, instead of waiting to play him against the Ottawa Senators, because Roberto Luongo is absolutely gassed. So, Um, go ahead. Rookie goalies are in fashion now. Yes, they very much are. But, like... (laughs) (laughs) 
It's a copycat league. Do you have a goalie that can't legally drink? Put him in. <laughs> I think he can legally drink. He's not as much of a child as like uh, Carter Hart. But like uh, he, the only reason you would put him in, they're putting him, they might put him in, is because Lou, who I might remind you will be turning 40 in exactly one month, played 168 minutes and 57 seconds, not counting two shootout sessions, and faced 120 shots on goal in just four days. And all three games went into overtime. Yeah, he needs a break. <laughs> yeah, so imagine traveling over 2,000 miles from below sea level South Florida to the Pepsi Center, which is like 5,280 feet above altitude. I double-checked this. And then uh, facing almost 40 shots on goal, then 815 more miles to the Gila R- River Arena the next day, stepping in cold to play after James Reimer got injured literally 10 shots into the game, 32 seconds into the second period. And then riding 300 more miles just to face 50 more shots at the T-Mobile Arena. Last time Luongo had to play that much, they had to give him an IV so that he could play a back-to-back. That's a really shitty road trip. Yeah. It was bad. That's that's a that's bad. Anyways, now we have the <laughs> Sorry, I was like really mapping that out in my brain. <laughs> yeah, every every road trip or go on is bad because we live at the southernmost tip of the United States. And they put us in the same division as, like, Montreal. So we have to travel thousands of miles to go play people. It's bad. Yeah, it should be, like, it should be like south, northeast, yeah. central, like, Pacific. Like, the... It's weird. The fact that me, that Tampa and and uh, and the Florida Panthers have to play in this division is stupid. Bring back the south, the southeastern division. Bring back the Canes Cats rivalry that is completely one sided. Yeah, or like you should play Tennessee. Like the fact that you have to go, you have to fly over Nashville to get to all of the yeah. games. Yeah, exactly. That's so dumb. It's stupid. Gary Bettman, fight me, but. Yeah, anyways, now we have the largest gap between a goalie tandem possible. So you have a goalie that's third all times in game played and wins, and then a child who, a guy who's never played in, in, a, in an NHL game because he's a literal child. So, do you remember the Disney cartoon, um, The Sword in the Stone? Vaguely, yeah. And the whole movie is like this really old wizard and this like really young kid. <sighs> That's Luongo. I don't. You never said his name, so I don't know it. His name is Sam Montembeau. Yeah, that's, that's Monty. The two of them. That's Lou and Monty. Oh my god. Lou and Monty are the wizard and the little kid and Arthur. Yeah. The kid has a name. I know the name. It's Arthur, King Arthur. Duh. <laughs> Merlin and Arthur. Goddamn, yeah. That took you way too long. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's been a long week. Uh, speaking of long weeks, I'm just going to jump into my topic. I hope you're done. Yeah, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> it was just a good, like, transition. Um, two amazing things happened this week in my life. First off, um, Bryce Harper is a Philly. I almost said a flyer. He's not a flyer. He's a Philly. <laughs> I am so happy. You have no idea. There's this video going around of um, this little kid finding out that Bryce Harper's going to be a Philly. Mm-hmm. 
and he it's like him getting off the school bus and his mom telling him that Bryce Harper's a Philly and the kid is like crying. He's like, no, he's not. He's going to the Dodgers. And he's like, no, he's a Philly. He just signed. Guess what? Guess who's a Philly? What? What? No, no, no. He's going. He's a Dodger. No, he just signed a deal. No, you're joking. No, I'm serious. No. Yeah. No. How, how long? 13 years. Oh my God. Yeah. We are winning one more series. Oh my god! Like the kid is so happy, and like oh that's been the entire city of Philadelphia. <laughs> like we haven't had a free agent want to come here in such a long time. Like LeBron just like played us last winter. Like he was never coming here, but he like visited the schools and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, like he was always going to LA because he's LeBron. Um. And so, like, to get, like, a giant free agent like this is just, like, ginormous for the city. And he's, like, recruiting, like, Le'Veon Bell, who um, plays football and is the giant free agent in the NFL, like, come here, too. He wants – he talked today in his press conference, which just finished, about him and Mike Trout, who's the best baseball player in the world, probably of all time, who's from Philadelphia. And he said that he and Mike have been texting and, like, he's been talking to Mike about coming here in two years when his contract with the Angels is up. And, like, Philadelphia is becoming, like – a good sports town, not just like for the fans, but for the athletes as well. It's becoming a winning sports town. It's like exciting to see that renaissance. And just like, he's a Philly. I'm so scared. You guys are going to become the new Boston. Um, I can't say that out loud because it'll curse us. <laughs> okay. I can't, I can't say that. You can't say that. But I'm like terrified, not because like, like, go ahead. Good for you guys. Go in and win your shit. But like, y'all are going to be so obnoxious. Oh, so obnoxious. <laughs> y'all are already pretty We haven't won obnoxious. anything yet and we're obnoxious. <laughs> we have one Super Bowl. We have two things in this century. We have one World Series and a Super Bowl. And we are the most obnoxious. This is this reminds me of that time when like like you guys are just, I I can't. It reminds me of that t- the precaution that the Flyers took on the the night that they were giving away oh, the, the Jake Voracek night. Yeah, yeah. Chia heads where you, they just did not give you guys the Chia pets until after the game because they didn't want y'all throwing it on the ice. <laughs> That's like um Part of my take was talking about the signing and one of them is like, uh, Philadelphia is going to hate him in like four to five years. And the other one goes, if Philly hates you, it means they love you. <laughs> and like, that's so true. Like we love our athletes so much and we want so much from them that like when they suck, we hate them. But like, we love you. And like, if you're good to us, we will forgive things. Like Alshon Jeffrey dropped that pass between his hands against the Saints to make it into the NFC Championship. Mm-hmm. And like, Philly wasn't mad at him. Like, we love you, Alshon. Like, you've done so much for us. We're going to support you. We have your back. Like, that's all we ask. And, like, Bryce Harper is doing such a good job of, like, lending himself to Philly fans. Well, I keep saying flyers. (laughs) To Philly fans. Um, Because, like, he he wore number 34 in Washington in his entire career. And he came here, and he's wearing number three. And so they asked him about it. He said, well, Roy Halladay, who died last year Mm -hmm. um and is one of the greatest pitchers of all time and was there part of that legendary like 0809 team um he was the last player to wear 34 in philadelphia and he said i want i want to leave that as his number they like it's going to retire as his number nobody else in philadelphia should wear it 
and I'm not going to take that from him. I'm wearing number three in honor of Allen Iverson, who's the greatest Philadelphia athlete of all time. Jesus and like, Christ. He like, like he's he got loves y'all. Us. He loves us. <laughs> Fuck the Dodgers. Fuck LA. You can keep LeBron. We'll take Bryce Harper. <laughs> I'm in such a good mood. <laughs> and then that's not even the best. The Jonas Brothers are back. I I was not a Jonas Brothers stan growing up. I was just aware of them, as everyone was. Uh, so I've just very much been enjoying the memes and the happiness of my friends. Um. Okay, I've had a dinner-sized plate Joe Jonas button, because he was my husband. Um, <laughs> dinner-sized plate Joe Jonas button sitting on my nightstand at my house for since I was 12. Mm-hmm. So that's how many years? 11 years? Um. And my mom has been telling me to throw it away, like, constantly. I'm like, no, I can't throw it away. I cannot throw it away. Um, They released the new music yesterday, and I texted, like, I took a screenshot of it playing and sent it to my mom with the caption, just, like, suck it. Oh, my God. Like, they were my first concert. My first concert, well, that I, like, remember, like, for me. Like, I went to, like, concerts for my parents before, but, like, Mm -hmm. the first, like, Gabby asked to go to this concert was the Cheetah Girls, Mm -hmm. who were opened for by Allie and AJ, mm-hmm. who were opened for by the Jonas Brothers. Oh my god. And it was god. like one of their it was their first concert because they're from like New Jersey, Philadelphia. Yeah. And like Disney had just signed them and it's like, this is your first concert. And it was like the Jonas Brothers. And like from that moment, I just like and then like I wasn't expecting the reaction that I had. Like I was obviously excited. Mm-hmm. But then James Corden released that video uh like because they're gonna be on all week on his show yeah i cried i wasn't expecting that i didn't expect myself to cry i cried i was like oh wow gab this is new i support that i support that i just like it's been a fun week it's been it's been a weird week but it's been it's been a fun week i i've been so low energy today mm-hmm. i literally listened to sucker their new song for like 10 minutes before like logging on to record the show <laughs> it was like i need high energy let's go yeah my mom was real pissed at me because i told her that i was busy trying to prep for the episode but really i was just laying in bed and she was so fucking mad she's like do something <laughs> all right let's get into actual hockey topics we spent the first 15 minutes bullshit <laughs> um John Javarius went back to the Coliseum and it went exactly how... Okay, pregame went exactly how you thought it was. The actual game was exactly how Islanders fans wanted it. Yeah. Like, it could not have gone better for the people in that building. Except for John Tavares. Oh, no. Poor John Tavares. Like, I feel so bad for him. But for the the most part, everything was very hilarious on both sides. Like, as someone... so funny as someone that doesn't like doesn't have an opinion either way like i thought it was just all mostly very funny like i did not like the booing i didn't like the booing during the uh the what's it called the um the tribute video i thought that was like kind of tasteless that was not super great i didn't mind that if you want to boo during the tribute video, that's fine. It's the throwing things at him on the ice that I had a problem with. Yeah, that was the other thing um, I had a problem with. Yeah. If you wanted to throw snakes before they came out, fine. If you wanted to throw snakes after they left, fine. It's while he's out there, don't throw shit at him. Yeah. Like, and I, I, I 
feel like that's kind of like I can't talk shit because I'm a flyer fan. We throw shit all the time, <laughs> but like we get yelled at for it. At rightfully um, so, because that's a pretty fucked up yeah. thing. Like booing, booing during the tribute video, I don't have a problem with. See, I didn't like. I think I think it was dumb of the Islanders to even do one. You knew this was going to be the reaction. Well, he was their captain for like nine years. He did give like his heart and soul to the team. And he the- he, he did leave. But like the, his time there wasn't nothing, you know, like he he didn't take that it, from what it sounds like. He didn't take that decision lightly. Like that's been a topic all all season since he's he, since before the season started. But like. Like, I, I see why I think it was important to have a tribute video. I think it was important that there were a lot of fans there that were clapping, that were, like, happy to honor John Tavares. But, like, the the booing itself, like, I loved all of the memes, all of the Pajama Boy stuff, all of the uh, the the calling him a snake and all that. Like, like a lot of the stuff was very funny. And it, you could tell that for the most part, it was just, like, like I lived right next to Barclay Center for a while. I lived in Brooklyn. I know a lot of Islanders fans and I know their sense of humor. And I know that's just like part of the gag, you know, like that's just who they are. But fucking uh, the booing inside the stadium, booing at him. I didn't like that part. I didn't like that they were disrespecting his time there to his face. I think behind like uh, like on social media and stuff, I think that's fucking hilarious. I love that. Well, I blame I blame the Islanders, whoever decided to do a tribute video for that, because I think I think the booing would have died down eventually, especially if the Maple Leafs had started winning, it would have died down. Mm-hmm. But um, I think a tribute video is to get the reaction from the fans, and it's not it's not the hockey team because the hockey team has access to him personally. They can text him, thank him for his time. They can mm-hmm. go down and see him. The tribute video is the moment where it's supposed to get the fan reaction, the fans thinking. John Tavares. Yeah. And so when the tribute, when that's the point of the tribute video and you know that they're all fucking pissed, you know that that's the reaction you're going to garner. Just don't do it. Yeah. Like, I think, I I think the, the timing, like I love, I I think the, like, I disagree on that part. I think they should have had that tribute video. I don't think the timing was great though. Cause they had it in like the middle of the first period or something like that. And I think the score was still, it was still very, I, the, the the Leafs might have actually been up at that point. Were they up first? They scored first, right? Uh, yes, they did. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I, so they might have been either winning or tied at that point. And I think that was a wrong time to do it. I think they should have done it either before the game or after the game. But no one's going to wait around till after the game to to watch that. So it should have been like before the game. Or do it the next time he comes. Mm. Be like, all right, this time there's a lot of raw emotions. They're... they're burning your jerseys and they're breaking pinatas of your face we're gonna push it off to the next time we love you john but right now it's not gonna go well see i like that 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 would have worked too because i know like this is this is an apples and oranges comparison but like i know uh certain dates just aren't great so um like when the parkland shooting happened like there was a there was a game on the anniversary and they decided not to acknowledge the Parkland shooting uh, that night other than uh, Luongo having a special helmet 
two as like tribute and then they waited until the next game to do this whole huge ceremony and honorment and an honorary thing and i think like waiting a specific amount of time afterwards to do something like you don't have to do it immediately so that yeah. uh, that might have gone a lot better if they just waited to do that tribute video um i have a question yes um, while I understand their anger, I feel like it's misplaced. Mm-hmm. So, like, when can you get mad at an athlete for leaving? And if you are mad, like, when does it have to stop? Like, for me, like, I under, I, I understand Cavs fans getting mad at LeBron leaving the first time. Mm-hmm. Because LeBron was from Akron, Ohio. He grew up a Cavs fan. He always wanted to bring a championship home. He always talked about that. He didn't. And then he went to Miami and just won one with his, like, won, like, three with his friends. Yeah. Like, I understand that anger and I understand burning those jerseys and I understand being mad at that because LeBron had always said, like, Cleveland's my home, Cleveland's my home, Cleveland's my home. I want to bring a championship to my home. Get that. John Tavares did, like, the opposite. Like, he he went home to bring a championship home. Like, there's an understanding there. I get, like, he said he wanted to be an Islander, but, like, what happened? Like the Islanders fell apart and there was no plan on getting back. Like that's not on John Tavares. Like whatever they said, he had like a four hour meeting with them. Whatever they said to him, like obviously didn't like register to him, not like register, but like he didn't see himself in that predicament. So like, I don't understand where the anger comes from at him when it should be at the owners, like, and at the front office with what they did to that team. But when you knew you were trying to court Tavares. See, I don't, I don't know. Like, I see what you're saying. I think they did. They tried their best, obviously, because they they went out. They got Lou Lamorello. Jesus fucking Christ, Shay. (laughs) They got Lou Lamorello. They got uh, Barry Trotz. They had this whole pitch planned. Maybe their presentation just wasn't good enough. It wasn't like Kyle Dubas, who had his grandmother tweeting at him. But like it. I just don't like I don't think that. I don't think it was necessarily the Islanders not doing enough. And I don't think, but I still don't think it, that it it's the anger should be placed on John Tavares for this. I think the anger is definitely like it's misplaced. Like you shouldn't be mad at him, like genuinely mad. And there are Islanders fans that are fucking like, I, I will say it. You're fucking stupid if you're genuinely mad at John Tavares. But again, I don't think for the most part, that that's the case in Long Island. I don't think that's the case for uh, New York Islanders fans. I think it's just a small section that are genuinely pissed and misplacing that anger, just like how the Leafs have some people who are fucking nuts and eat cat shit. And um, <laughs> I can't talk. About <laughs> I'm going to get mad. <laughs> so the Leafs have some crazy fucking fans, too. But it doesn't represent the whole fan base, you know? Yeah. Um, I I just think, like, we talk about Melnick being, like, an abusive owner to his fans. Mm-hmm. Like, the Ledeckis and the Malkins are abusive owners to their fans. And, like, it goes so under the radar. Like, they tore you out of your stadium and sent you to fucking Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You can't see your team. You can't afford to see your team. When you do see your team, there's an obstructed goddamn view. Mm-hmm. Then they don't fire the GM that you know your star player doesn't like, your star player who's coming up on his big contract as a free agent and can leave. You switch everybody at the last moment. You don't give them enough time to prepare before 
the deadline to do this presentation for John Tavares. You don't let them get their ground, get their footing, see where they are, build a plan, and then present. Like you just like you have two weeks go. Then you convince the fans that it's John Tavares' fault that he left. Like you did everything wrong in this situation as the owner. You didn't like if they had gone to Tavares and been like, look, like obviously this isn't working. What do you need from us to stay? And Tavares has said, I want to play half the games in the Coliseum. I want, like, I want this guy gone, this guy, this guy gone, and I will stay. The Ledeckis and the Malkins would have done that, but they didn't. They tried to, like, stroke their own ego, stick with Gar Snow and their friends, rather than do what was best for their team, what was going to sell tickets. Now, the Islanders are winning, so nobody cares. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's such, like, an underrated storyline of this thing. It's, like, the Ledeckis and the Malkins are shit owners. Sorry, I had uh, an interruption come in. Um, no, but I heard your whole thing. I'm sorry. Uh, fuck. <laughs> I heard everything, but like I just panicked because my mom came in and I had to mute and tell her this is the exactly the wrong time to do this right now. But yeah, it, you don't have the, the problem. Fuck. I saw this this uh, something like this come up earlier that you don't the problem is never really the the fan base per se it's always ownership's problem like the problem is always ownership like um tampa bay who had not a similar situation but they had a terrible ownership for years and uh they couldn't string along a lot of wins and then look at them now and you don't see that comparison being made because the Islanders are winning and they are succeeding and thriving without John Tavares. But then you have people shitting on the fan base and their reaction to everything, but their reaction is a result of um, uh, what the ownership has done. That sounded like I pulled it all out of my ass, but I had parts of that ready for as a response before, <laughs> before I was interrupted. Let's, let's go into somehow the stupider video of the week. <laughs> There were some stupid videos this week with, like, Cat Shit Guy and then the Pajama Boy video. But Sean Avery somehow made the stupidest video of the week. Jesus Christ. If you don't want to hear me talk about hockey, then hit mute. F***ing New York Islander fans calling John Tavares a snake, throwing snakes on the ice. Who the f*** are they kidding that guy played 10 years in that dump with those fans, didn't say a word, was a great captain, never got arrested, didn't say boo. You losers want to ruin his night coming back to play for you guys. What was he supposed to do, lie during the season? Or was he supposed to give the answer that all athletes give when they know they're not coming back to a team? Islander so you guys get out cheered in your own barn by Ranger fans every time the Rangers play the Islanders in Long Island fuck you he basically was like fuck you Islanders fans for not cheering for John Tavares he's a great captain who never got arrested I have a bone to pick um and like you guys are all greaseballs and I fucking hate you. Which like yeah, Sean Avery, we know you fucking hate the Islanders. You're a career ranger. I don't actually know if he's a career ranger, but he's known as a ranger. Yeah. You were a dirty guy. They didn't like you. You didn't like them. Whatever. 
why are you talking, Sean Avery? Nobody gives a shit. <laughs> like, and I don't know. I have like two things. One, is Sean Avery that fucking dumb that he thinks his opinion matters? Or B, is he the ultimate heel once again? And he knows this is going to get a reaction and 5,000 people are going to look at it from a podcast that only four, that only gets 200 listens a week. Hi, guys. <laughs> and uh, like, and he knows he'll get that reaction from them. And so he like, he, he does that for the reaction. He doesn't actually believe what he's saying. Well, I mean, you're talking about a guy that was on Dancing with the Stars. So oh, like, so he he's doing this for attention. He yeah. doesn't believe a word. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, look at his big hat. Do you... <laughs> <laughs> look at his fucking face! <laughs> like, oh my god! He has, like, no excess skin. It's all been pulled back. I'm sure, like, if you, like, took off his hat, it's just paper clipped up there. Like, binder clips holding his goddamn face back under the god. hat. <laughs> How old is Sean Avery? You know what? It doesn't matter. Jesus hey, serious. How old is Sean Avery? Sean Avery is 38 years old. <laughs> he looks bad. <laughs> um, okay, but my bone to pick is he's a good captain. He never got arrested. I had like, do you remember John Mulaney's stand up where he's talking about religion? And he's like, who believes in this? My mommy does. So shut up. I had that moment where he's like, a good captain isn't arrested. My captain was, so shut up! <laughs> oh my god. Like, Claude Giroux got arrested for grabbing a male police officer's butt. I remember. The drunken disorderly. Fuck you, Sean Avery. Not for your opinion about the Islanders, not for being a dirty player, but for insinuating that Claude is not a good captain. Fuck you. I I wanted to to like say like like joke back and be like, haha, he's right. But I think Barky's been fucking like the the speeding thing. Uh yeah. He I think he's been like hit twice with some pretty hefty speeding fines. Like I get what you're saying, Sean Avery. Like, they're not Patrick Kane, but, like, fuck you. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. He's like, Islanders fans are greasy. Fuck you. Look at your face. <laughs> I'm not even mad for Islanders fans. He just, like, insinuated that Claude Drew wasn't a good captain. <laughs> He's right about the Islanders, but, like... <laughs> All right. Fuck so- you. So yeah, to 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 recap real quick, like I I think like there was a lot of ridiculous being thrown around on both ends. I think a lot of the shit that went down was stupid. Some of it was like genuinely fucked up. Uh but for the most part, it was funny. <laughs> for the most part, it was very amusing. I was very amused. I th- all oh, of the yeah. tweets on 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 Twitter. It was a good time to be an observer on hockey twitter unless you were an islanders or or or, uh, or a leafs fan because then you were right in the middle of it uh, or the the restaurant that banned john Tavares from coming <laughs> and then all the islanders went and had dinner there afterwards oh my god did they really have dinner there yeah. right after they all they all went to borelli's right afterwards no. the kid like posted a photo of him and he's like i would die for these guys and we're like we know frankie Oh my god, that's so fuck. I didn't know that. That's such a yeah. level of pettiness. Oh my god. The Islanders went there for dinner afterwards. 
the island. I like. I I hadn't seen that. I saw the the thing that um is is his name Frankie or Frank? Frankie. Frankie. You know. Okay. You know the Barstool Pizza review is all right, Frankie. Mm-hmm. It's that kid. It's Frankie. Okay. So so I I saw him tweet about it. I saw him tweet the the front of the photo that was like banned John Tavares, uh. But I had no idea that the Islanders who were on the ice stick tapping for their former captain in respect. After the game, after whooping his fucking ass. I was going to say wiping his ass with it, but that was going to be too rude. And (laughs) go to fucking the place that says in all caps, ban John Tavares to eat dinner. Jesus Christ. All right. What's the saltier move? The Islanders like throwing this anti-John party where it's like the giant breakup effigy. (laughs) Or... The Toronto being so mad at Islanders fans being so mad that they create John Tavares Day. Oh my god. I hated the John Tavares Day. I hated it so much because it was... He hasn't done shit! He's been there for four months. He hasn't done shit for you. Wasn't it also on, like, the retirement day of, of, like... Fuck, who was it? Someone big in in Toronto history. It was a player of color, I believe. Let me let me search this up. Keep, you keep talking while I while I figure this out. Uh, but like, okay, so it, it was started by Adam Wilde, who I tolerate, and he it was like his morning show at Virgin was like we should get John Tavares Day started, and they like got it trending, and everybody like Leaf Leaf Nation is such like a fucking army up there mm-hmm. that they were like John Tavares tweet tweet tweet, and. It, like, got trending. Like, it was literally, like, it was, like, Khloe Kardashian, Jordan Woods, Tristan Thomas, Kardashians, John Tavares Day. It was, like, the number five trending topic. Jesus Christ. In Canada. There are seven teams in Canada. I just, like, wanted, like, Montreal to be, like, do, like uh, who's been there the least time for, for, for Montreal? Or, like, what's a fucking joke? Mark Bergevin Day. Like, <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> Oh my god. Patrick Lining is better day. I was like, fuck you. John Tavares is barely on your team. The oh. man has no discernible personality. Like, it's not like he's a part of the community. Like, he shows up, he scores goals, he goes home, he plugs back in. Like, <laughs> I don't I I I don't even think he goes home. I think they just like plug him in. No, under no, the no. I, do you remember that commercial that they had? Uh because this is like the, the most like the sparks of personality that I've seen come from like him being in commercials and that one fucking commercial where he sleeps at the rink. Yeah. That's, and that's his, him. Yeah. They, they change him into his blue <laughs> Toronto Maple Leaf pajamas. They plug sheets, him into a wall. Sheets, remember they're sheets. <laughs> they plug him into a wall. He's like Janet from the good place. Just goes into a void. Oh my God. Stands there. They pull him out when it's time to play hockey. Oh, I, f- I remembered one thing that got me really mad that I saw on on Twitter and in other discussions. Uh, people tried to compare the burning of Islanders jerseys, which not a cool move, but like, is it your money? It's not your money. They uh, tried to compare it to like the, the burning Nikes for the Kaepernick thing. Ugh. Like one, no. Like if you're a white person and you're saying... Uh, that it's the exact same thing. No, 
the Nike burning was because racist. Racism. Yeah. <laughs> like, two completely different topics. But that's all I have to say on that. I just, like, I don't understand. People are like, you could sell that for money, like, on the secondary market. Well, they don't want that money because that's John Tavares' money. That's dirty money. They want to burn it. And, like, what does it matter to you? Like, they paid the $200. It might have like, not even been... It might have not even been $200 because they were selling those Islanders jerseys with Tavares' name on it for, like, 30-something dollars. I bought an Islanders jersey, not the one that had Tavares on it, but, like, they had the Tavares one for $12 at TJ Maxx. Like, my favorite is, um, so that kid Frankie, he tried to make a, uh, like a John Tavares snake sweatshirt, yeah. but it looked so awesome that the Leafs fan in the Barstool office stole it. Oh my God. So it like, it was orange. She had them make it in blue and put King Cobra 91 on the back because <laughs> it looked so sick and all the Rangers fans took it too. Oh my God. It was like, oh my God. It was amazing. Um, by the way, we have John Tavares pajama boy t-shirts for sale. They could be pro Tavares, they could be bad Tavares. It's just John Tavares in Toronto Maple Leaf pajamas. They're pretty cool. It's a sticker too. It's pretty nice. Yeah, I, I worked really hard. I really want one of those. He's in like footy pajamas. It's cool. It's on um it's on our Twitter. You can just like click and see. It's cool. Um all right. Enough with the islanders. <laughs> um Dylan Larkin is sad, so we are sad. Um, Dylan Larkin is just like carrying the Detroit Red Wings through the rest of the season and it's not going well. They lost eight to one to Montreal the other night. And afterwards, Dylan Larkin's like, it's the team is embarrassed. There's no pride in the locker room. Oh boy. And like, I did a little research without Gustav Nyquist. Um, on Andreas Anastasia. Fuck. I can't say his name. (laughs) Whatever. That guy. Um, that sounds bad, but it's it's not. I just can't say it. Um, <laughs> there's he's the second leading scorer on the team. Anthony Cio. Anthony Cio. Yeah. Anthony Cio. There's a twenty-two point difference between Dylan Larkin and Andreas. Oh, that's rough. That's really uh-huh. rough. Twenty-two points. Gustav Nyquist right in the middle with eleven point difference. Oh boy. Like he is dragging this team. I saw I saw the thing that like after he uh, like reached the bench and approached the like hallway to the locker room, he slammed his helmet and looked down on the wings bench, and uh, they were like questioning him because it was like it was some kind of they took it as like the media took it as like some kind of big incident, and he said it was just frustration, and then he missed practice because he was sore, like th- that was the excuse listed. He was sore. Dylan, that's not Captain Lee. <laughs> <sighs> hate to be that guy but dylan you can't do that I, that's some lebron shit but that's you know he's entitled to that with how the red wings have been playing like he's entitled to be frustrated and to live through that like the two captains that are most entitled to being that frustrated are uh what's it called are dylan larkin and uh connor mcdavid yeah well dylan larkin's not captain yet but but yeah he he's basically captain i don't yeah, at least they like finally rewarded him with Philip Zadina, which that sucks for Philip Zadina because you know that every single Montreal fan has in the back of their head, I'm gonna fill their, I'm gonna fill their nets with pucks. Yeah, and to lose eight to one, Jesus Christ, 
And, like, that's not on him, obviously. Yeah. Like, there's a very big difference in between Carrie Price and Jimmy Howard, despite Jimmy Howard being an all-star. <laughs> what the yeah. fuck? Um, but, like, that just, that hurts. Like, that's, that's bad. That's rough on, on Zadina. Like, when do they play, when do they play Ottawa? He's gotta, he's gotta, like, do a Joe Thornton dick trick. <laughs> Detroit versus Ottawa. Oh, they played. Uh, they've played three times this year. Oh, they played four times. What am I talking about? Sorry, no, my internet fine. is slow here because I live in a building with like seven thousand other people. Um, while I do this, can I tell that story? Yeah, go go for it. Oh, Jesus um, Christ! No, you're fine. I I'm a moron, guys, and I threw away my wallet. Um, not kidding. I threw it down a uh trash chute by accident into a compactor and it got compacted and taken to a dump and now I have no license, no credit card, no car keys, no apartment keys. I'm just fucked. Like I'm walking around campus. I don't know how to get into buildings. Oh. I have to like, wait for people to open the door. Oh my god. Oh my god. I didn't know it went through a compactor. I didn't know you were yeah. still sans card and sans license and sans everything. Yeah, my friend invited me out the other day. I'm like, um, I don't have a license to get into the bar. I don't have an apartment key to get back to my apartment. I don't have a credit card to Uber there. I don't have cash to pay for anything. Oh, my God. Like, so unless you want to be my mother, <laughs> um, like, carry my passport for me. Oh, my God. I can't find this on my phone. <laughs> yeah, so I, like... Okay, so you know, like, when you do something and you have panic, but you don't, like, understand why the panic is happening? Yeah. I threw out the bag, and I had, like, a moment of panic. But I always have a moment of panic when I throw things down the garbage chute because I feel like my wallet or my phone is in there. But then I'm like, no, my phone is in my pocket. My wallet's over there. I'm good. So I had that panic, but I, like, I always have that panic. And then the next morning, I'm late for class, and I can't find my keys anywhere. Gabby. And I realized that I threw them in the garbage. Gabby, I have never had that panic before. I have never been worried that I've thrown away my keys and my wallet. And I'm a, a very anxious person about everything. This is very am, specific, the, and it's the universe attacking you for having that very specific fear. It's I'm the dumbest smart person on the face of the planet. Jesus like, Christ. I'm smart, but I'm also a goddamn idiot. Uh, my mom was like, are you fucking kidding me? I'm like crying in the like leasing office. I'm like, they won't give me the number for the contractor people, for the like people who hold the trash. I'm just sitting here and I'm 10 minutes late for class and I still gotta walk across campus and it's snowing. Oh and they're, my like, God. They're like, we'll, ju- we'll give you the apartment key for free, just leave. <laughs> like, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, so when I say my week's been interesting, it's been interesting. It's, that's, that's rough, dude. Then that afternoon, the Jonas Brothers announced they were coming back. So that's, yeah. <laughs> My God. So thank you. Joe Jonas, coming up big once again. Um, all right, Calgary. We have Calgary here. Um, I don't know who put it on, but I'll, I'll talk about it. So Calgary's been, like, insane this year, and I did, like, a little bit of a dive to try and figure out why. And it seems to be a very similar situation to what's happening in Colorado, where it's, like, one line doing the majority of the work. And it's, like, really, like, their power play. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, that top line of, like, Lindholm, Goudreau, Monaghan, and then Matthew Kachuk and Mark Giordano are just, like, carrying this team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's, like, 
Dave Riddick can't lose. Yeah. Like, his numbers aren't great. He's got, like, a 9-11 save percentage, which is, like, league average. He just doesn't lose games. That's impressive. I I know Gio is doing, like, ridiculously incredible, especially considering his age. I know... Yeah, he's putting up forward numbers. Yeah, he's he's in the... He's, like, one of the top names in the uh, Norris discussion. And it was kind yeah. of ridiculous that he didn't make it to the All-Star game, but, you know... That's neither neither here nor there. But, like, the, it, like, I do not understand what's going on in Calgary. Ready for this? David Reddick, 33 games, 22 wins, 5 losses, 5 overtimes. Oh, my God. He can't lose. It's ridiculous. And he stole, he stole away the starter position, didn't he? Um... It's 36 and 33 right okay, now. 33 so, and 31 started. So okay. it's really like they're going back and forth. Okay, yeah, yeah. But it's just like you have to have so much more faith in David Riddick than you do in Mike Smith. Yeah, naturally. Mike Smith has a 897 save percentage. So it sounds like they're giving, uh, what's it called? They're giving Mike Smith games because it's Mike Smith, you know? Yeah, the name is getting games. And not yeah, because I remember at the beginning of the year, it was a big deal that that David Riddick was taking away the starter position because he was uh, on a bit of a hot streak at the beginning of the season. And then I thought that was still the case uh, going forward. You know, I thought it was just something sustainable. But it might just be that, like, for them to be uh, – what are they in the league? Are they uh, – they're first in the Pacific. They're first in the Pacific, but like overall, do you know? Uh, I don't have it. Because last time I remember what they were second. Yeah, they're still second. All right. So for them to be second in the league and still have the the like have that goalie ten spit like that when uh, Riddick is putting up better numbers, pretty impressive. Yeah. Um. Their their defense is just also stronger than Colorado. Yeah. Like. I, I like Colorado's defensemen, but their defense is kind of like, eh. Yeah. Um, also playing outrageously well, the Boston Bruins have not lost a regulation game in the month of February. Jesus fucking Christ. That makes me angry. <laughs> it, I fucking hate the Boston Bruins. I love the Boston Bruins. I'm a Boston Bruins fan. Uh, but, like, I... Like, every year I tend to pay attention to the Boston Bruins, except this year I was like... I, like in my head at the I decided at the beginning of the season that they weren't going to do that great and um I'm very surprised that they are still doing great you just like you can't say that a team with Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and David Pasternak isn't going to do well I know like but and Charlie McAvoy like you you just can't say that but they're old uh. <laughs> they're magic like I hate saying that but they're just like there's something in the water in Boston, and it's why they're title town, and, like, they just don't lose. Yeah. Boston's going to clean sweep this year, and I'm going to kill myself. They're, uh, what's it called? The thing that has me, like, even when they were basically the Providence Bruins for a while, like, they were still doing fine. You know, they weren't doing great, but they were still doing fine. I like how I threatened suicide, and she's like, whatever. <laughs> She's like moving on. It's like it's it's. I'm used to it at this point. It's fine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah, their depth is insane. Like every call up is just like not missed a step. Mm -hmm. They're like we're the fucking Boston Bruins. 
this is what we do. We win. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter what level. And the th- and- Sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to talk about Tukaras, so if you have No, because I, I was going to mention that they, because I remember, I don't remember off the top of my head what moves they did at the deadline or before the deadline, but I remember they traded away some of their young, their younger prospects, didn't they? They don't really have many prospects. Yeah, because they've been That's consistently a- good for so long, and so they have, like, one or two young prospects, and I think they traded them away or one of them at least yeah they traded donato yeah 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 that's what i was thinking of Uh, all right i had some points about goalies all right so i don't understand why people say tuka rask isn't good because he's uh they say that he's inconsistent but he's he's pretty he's fine it's that's like that's like I was looking through his numbers and he's always like well above league average like it's always like 915 917 918 like, he's always good. And so, like, when people are like, Tukarask is bad, Tukarask is not bad. Tukarask is not great in the playoffs. Yeah. But Tukarask has been outstanding, and Yaroslav Halak has been even better. Yeah. So, Tukarask has a 920 save percentage. Uh, so Halak has 924. They're basically 1A and 1B yeah. with Tukarask going 21, 8, and 5, Halak going 30, 17, and 9. Mm-hmm. Or 17, 9, and 4, sorry. 17, 9, and 4. That's insane. Yeah. To have two goalies doing so fucking well. We have eight goalies that can't put together 21 wins. (laughs) Oh, no. Like, I just... It's it's insane to me how good their goaltending has been. Plus, you have that top line. Plus, the depth just does what the depth does for them. I think uh, Rask and Halak, the only reason why a lot of people aren't pointing out the fact that their goalie tandem is doing so well is because uh, they're in the same conference as the New York Islanders, whose goalie tandem has also been doing... No, they're not. Yeah, they are. Oh, same conference. Yeah. I, was, I was thinking division. <laughs> no. Sorry, I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, they're not. The Boston Bruins are in your division. I know, but they're in the same conference. Yeah. Uh, but the proximity to the New York Islanders, who are doing like their their goalie tandem is like like because everyone everyone outside of Boston knows that Tuka Rask is good, and everyone outside of Boston was already aware that Halak was going to be really good too. Like that, this was discussion last season. I remember. I think in the in the off season, we had we might have talked about this during a podcast where, uh, like, we knew that goalie tandem was going to be successful, and whether or not they were going to get rid of Rask, like Halak was still going to be able to step up for them. Yeah, it was who was who? It was about this. Why they felt so comfortable getting rid of Kudobin? They didn't need him. Yeah. Um. If you are, is Bruce Cassidy still the coach there? I want to say he is. If you're Bruce Cassidy or whoever is the Boston Bruins coach, who do you play in the playoffs? Halak or Rask? Oh, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. You've got the Toronto Maple Leafs coming up. Austin Matthews, John Tavares, Mitch Marner, Morgan Riley. That kid whose name we don't say. <laughs> Kasperi Kapanen. Who 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 are you trusting? It is Ruse Cassidy. They've both been so good. You can't really tandem in the playoffs. What do you do? Um, honestly, if you're going for what appeases the fans, 
then you'd probably go with Halak, just because Rask is such a divisive topic. But, like, at the same time, do you want the guy who has more playoff experience? Or do you want the guy that, like, it's a little bit more of a wild card? It's such a good question, though. Mm-hmm. We'll put it as a poll. Yeah. We'll put it as a poll this week, and you guys can answer. Fuck! What? It's doing the lost connection thing again. <laughs> All right. Some technical difficulties. We're back. Um, we'll throw up a poll about Bruins goalies. Basically what we were saying. Um, I want to talk about me being a thousand percent right about something, and um, which is my favorite topic. And just bodying all of the trusted hockey men that used to be in the Flyers organization. And that is Travis fucking Sanheim. I have never been more right in my life about something than I have been about Travis Sanheim. Are you there? Yes, I'm listening. Okay. You just like weren't responding. I was like, yeah. Sorry. Um, it's because I, I don't know Flyers. I just listened to you rant about them. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm trying to, I'm pulling up. I have like a whole, I have like a whole thing of things I wanted to reference. Okay, Travis Sandheim now leads the Flyers to Fesman with eight goals and is one point behind Shane Gossesberg, who is 28, the team scoring lead among defensemen. Over his last 39 games played, Sandheim has eight goals, 13 assists, and 21 points, especially in light of his sparing overall power play use. That's good production. From Bill Metzler. I have never been more right about something. And the hockey people fucking sent Travis Sandheim down last year. We're playing Radko Gudis above, or we're playing Brandon Manning above him last year. To start out this year, he was playing behind Robert Haig, who is terrible. And, um, and Andrew McDonald, who finally fucking got scratched. Like, the difference between the players have been so crazy. And all it took was fucking Chuck Fletcher to get Rick Wilson in there. It took Wilson one practice to be like, Travis Sandheim needs to be higher. And he's now our number two defenseman. And Ivan Provorov has been so bad this year, and Shane bear has been so bad this year, that he's really our number one defenseman. I've never been more right about something. And I just, like, I wanted to acknowledge it publicly. Yeah. He's in the top 20 in goals above replacement this year. Or games above replacement. Fucking insane. I'm very amused. I get really amused when you bring up something that you were right about before. And... People were mad about you before. Oh my god. Fucking Buffalo Twitter? Buffalo Twitter attacked me the other day for making a joke about Nolan Patrick being less of a bust than Rasmus Dalin, which is obviously like not a real thing. Yeah. But I was like, <laughs> this is funny. And I got ratioed to fuck. And then they play Buffalo and they win 6 2. I, I was like, oh, Buffalo Twitter, you should not have left this door open for but me. Buffalo Twitter is insane. <laughs> Buffalo Twitter gets so mad because the thing, because Panthers Twitter has something similar. Panthers Twitter likes to fuck them up and say that Barkov is better than Eichel. And um, every time they get bad, we win. <laughs> so. Oh my God. And it's just like, there's the picture of Ryan Hartman just like flattening Rasmus Dali. Mm-hmm. And I was like me bodying Sabres Twitter after that 6 2 win. <laughs> oh my god. Like, Boom, roasted. Or like the, um, there's that terrible picture of Rasmus Dalin in that goddamn fedora. And it's just from Wakanda, is this your king? You were trying, you were telling me that in like, you, you were texting me leading up to that. And I was telling you, Gabby, don't do it. 
Gabby, no. It was amazing. You can't leave the door open. Like, I love making other people mad on the internet because I just, like, don't give a fuck. And so if I can make you mad and I can get a reaction out of you, like, 415 replies to a tweet about Rathmus Dolly being a bigger bust than Nolan Patrick... I'm going to relish in that. I'm like a pig in shit. I'm like, yes, let's fucking go. Gabby. Oh my God. Gabitha. Uh, it's amazing. <laughs> but even more amazing is um, the Flyers' response to losing Wayne Simmons. And I don't mean the fact that Wayne Simmons is gone, but the fact that they haven't lost that physicality identity that Wayne Simmons brought. Mm-hmm. So last night, Curtis Gabriel tried to like, well, he did board Nolan Patrick, and he's having a hearing for that right now mm-hmm. because it was dirty. But anyway, so, like, um, Travis Kennedy steps in and fights fucking everyone. And then later, Curtis Gabriel goes after Travis Konechny, and Nolan Patrick steps in and fucking beats up everyone. And then because they're line mates, they score and they hug, and it's like he protect, he attack, but he also hug back. <laughs> and they're, like, both in the box. And they're fucking bash brothers and they're yelling, fuck you, I'll fuck you up anytime to whoever's in the, the devil's box. And then after the game, um, they ask um, they ask Travis Konechny, like, where does that come from? And so from David Isaac, Travis Konechny on the physical uh, flyers post Wayne Simmons. Teams probably look at us differently, but we're still the same team. We still stick together. I think Sim- Simmer left a lot of that with us. Taught us young guys to stick up for our teammates. That's just not going to fly. I saw Simmer! that. I saw that, and even as, like, noted former Flyers hater, like, it, 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 it moved me. It struck a chord in me. I've made you like the Flyers. No, fuck you. <laughs> I ordered a Pens windbreaker. I'm fine. I'm fine. That's a sick-ass windbreaker. <laughs> I can't believe you Let admitted me- that publicly. It, it, it is. It's got, like, the old logo that's not, like, this ugly-ass logo with the stupid penguin. It's, like, the cool logo. <laughs> I almost um, I people are going to see it anyways because I'm gonna make a TikTok with it. Yeah. Okay. So I, if you guys don't follow us on Twitter, um, which I feel like most of you do, um, Shay has started a TikTok account <laughs> to create the most cursed content ever. We had talked about doing video content, and she's and we had talked about like doing like different like YouTube videos, doing like recording the podcast video, and she's like, no. I'll make a TikTok. Fuck, I'm 24 years old. Why am I doing this? I hate you. And of course, like, me being me, I'm like, yes, do it. <laughs> like, oh, it's cursed. God. She'll text me ideas, and I'm like, oh. Of course, I'm like, yes, do it. But secretly, I'm like, this is going to make everybody so mad. I know what you're saying. Like when you do a very specific haha, I'm like fucking Christ. <laughs> no, you know that I think something's cursed and I go, yes! And then the exclamation point. Yeah. <laughs> like so many Christ. people are gonna get mad. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> moving on to people being mad. Uh the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> The Ottawa Senators are fucking morons, okay? Let me, like, let me give you this timeline. Pierre Dorian on Monday. Guy is our coach. I don't think anyone will disagree with me on this one, that I probably made his job pretty difficult in the last few weeks, and we're going to support him. Uh, uh, Friday morning. 
<laughs> a few things from Senators GM Pierre Dorian. A decision on Coach Guy Boucher will, uh, and the staff will be made after the season. Two hours later, Guy B- Coach Guy Boucher has been fired. Mark Crawford taking over on interim basis. <laughs> Pierre. What the fuck? Jesus Christ. He can't fucking do anything right. And it's basically like Pierre Dorian is firing Guy Boucher because he can't fire Eugene Melnick. Yeah. But it's like, just, what the fuck? And then he's like, we're a team built to win. ECHL games. <laughs> like, I don't know what you want from these players. Like, I just, and then Mark Crawford's been an interim coach. He was the coach of Switzerland at the World Cup, I believe. Mm-hmm. But they basically said he's not going to be our coach long term because he doesn't have the following qualities. Oh, my God. Um, in tandem with an evaluation of our current coaching staff, this is from a press release from press release from the Ottawa Senators. We will conduct a search for a new head coach following the season. We'll be looking for a coach who excels as. I can't. A teacher who will focus on the development and growth of each player on the team. A listener who encourages feedback from players and the coaching staff. A communicator who lets every team member know where they stand and what is expected. A tactician who brings structure and game planning that will enhance our rebuild. Are you looking for a coach or a goddamn kindergarten teacher? Um, both, because look at the age range on their roster. Um, <laughs> but thank you for leaving that joke wide open for me. Uh, but, like, have you ever seen a team just put out a call, like, publicly for a head coach like that? Like, they're literally asking people to send resumes with that. Like, it sounds like a Craigslist ad. I just... I'm gonna send in my resume. <laughs> I ran a I ran a softball camp for a summer. I coached T ball once. I was an athlete. I don't listen very well, but like whatever. <laughs> oh my god. Um I just Doug McLean had the best reaction to it. Doug McLean did everything but like MF Pierre Dorian mm-hmm. on Sportsnet. He was so mad he threw he crumpled up the piece of paper that I just read, threw it, and it like almost hit Brian Burke in the head. <laughs> and I I thought it did, and I like gypped it, and I was so excited, but it didn't actually hit him. It went right behind him. But I was like, Doug McLean was fired up, and he was right. Like Pierre Dorian has done every fucking thing wrong that you can possibly do wrong when you're building a hockey team. Like, I just like why are why are other people getting fired? Are you gone? Sorry, I had to run. <laughs> there was something happened. <laughs> We're fine now. <laughs> did you hear any of that? Yes, I did. I did. I heard everything except that last two seconds. Okay, I basically I basically just like stopped and asked for your opinion. Oh, I'm so sorry. I was like, she's she's still talking. It's going to be fine. I can run. I can run and come back and give my opinion. Uh, I don't think I have anything to add to that, though. All right. But, okay. So, I obviously, I made the joke on the podcast Twitter, uh, like, Pinocchio turning from a puppet to a real boy, Guy Boucher being fired. Mm-hmm. But the real puppet here is Pierre Dorian. And I understand, the biggest mistake he made was not giving Colorado that fourth overall pick. Because I know you got to bet on yourself and whatever, but you have to see the writing on the wall that you knew that Matthew Shane, Mark Stone, and 
who arrived to single were leaving mm-hmm. and you were going to be an Eric Carlson, Mike Hoffman. Like you knew all these guys were gone. So how did you not just think like give up the fourth, ensure the tank, get Keiko or Hughes? And so we threw out a poll on Twitter asking you guys, who would you rather build a franchise around? Oh my God. Sorry. That freaking Sean Avery video <laughs> Jillian Fisher retweeted our version. Uh-huh. And so, like, my phone is just like, shot Avery, shot Avery, shot Avery. And I'm like, ah, stop. Okay. So, we threw out the poll. Uh, 10% of the people said to build a franchise around Brady Kachuk. 33 said Cabo Keiko. 57 said Jack Hughes. Um, I just, like, yes. Like, either way, if you put it, if you add it up, then that's. I can't math because I don't have the poll in front of me. Add up the Capo, the Capo Caco and the uh, Jack Hughes. 90. Brady Kachuk is 10. <laughs> so that would make everybody else 90. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's gay. She can't do math. <laughs> exposed. Ex-fucking exposed. <laughs> My inability to do math aside, like, clearly, uh, Pierre Dorian cannot do math either. I don't think his sexuality has anything to do with it. I just think he he just, like, doesn't have a brain. Yep. Like, they're like, oh, you want to be a trusted hockey man? Well, it's not. Here's whiteness. To be Here's being kind of <laughs> ugly. We'll take your brain. Go out into the world. To be fair, it's not even, like, Pierre Dorian doesn't have a brain. It's... Uh, Pierre Dorian's brain is being held hostage by uh, Eugene Melnick. Which, speaking of, did do you have anything on the um, the how the bid to get the stadium was like denied or something? No. The this this happened. I don't have all the details in front of me, but um, uh, basically the Ottawa Senators were going after. They're trying to build that new stadium. Remember. And um, the city of Ottawa was like, no, we don't like Eugene Melnick. So you can't build the stadium. So how does that work then? So Eugene wants to move or he has to sell the team. Like, how is that? You're just ensuring that they're going to move to Houston now. I, on principle, don't comment on teams moving and i hope for the Suns fans that it doesn't happen i hope that this is just the um the people who are partnered with eugene malik i hope they like kick him out you know i hope this is like the final straw that they find a way to like uh move the move around stuff so that he's no longer in charge oh speaking of low market teams did you see that tom dundon bought a football league naturally i actually did see that yeah yeah so the aaf the american alliance of football or something like that Mm -hmm. um couldn't pay their players week one so they just went to tom dundon and he's like all right here's 250 million dollars you all work for me now (laughs) tom dundon is fucking nuts like the man's lit and especially because johnny manzel just got cut from the cfl you know that's where he's going next Mm -hmm. like johnny manzel of storm surge like, let's fucking go! God. All right. 
Um, the Athletic had a player poll, as they do every year. Um, some of these are so fucking boring, and then some of these are so goddamn obvious. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Best player, Sidney Crosby. Um, Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid, one and two. Not very shocking. Sidney Crosby getting 40, 48? I can't read. 48%, yeah. 40, 40% of the vote. That's a lot yeah. when you have Connor McDavid. It's not shocking because everybody's up Sidney Crosby's ass. We know this. Um, what was cool to see with Patrice Bergeron, Alexander Barkov, and Nikita Kucherov. Nikita Kucherov should be higher. Yeah. I'm sorry. Well, like, is Nikita it the, Kucherov could be third. The, the graphic, no offense to the people making these graphics, but I'm pretty sure it's like 2%. Is it 4%? It's 4% for Barkov and Kucherov. Yeah, it's 4% for both of them, but uh, it looks like Barkov's, the graphic makes it look like Barkov got more votes. So, like, yeah. that that was just bad design. Um, so, basically, Florida has the best teams, best players. <laughs> Not the best teams, best players. <laughs> um, do, do, do if you had if all right, do we want to add our vote to this at the end? Yeah, go for it. All right, best all around player, and it's all around player. I'm gonna go Patrice Bergeron. I, if you're specifying specifically like all around player. Don't want to sound best all around. Players. Don't want to sound biased. I will say Alexander Barkov though, just because Patrice Bergeron is n- now older and injury prone. Yeah. Um. Game seven goalie. Do we want to do our, our votes first? Um. No. Let's go with the player poll. Okay. So first place is Carey Price with twenty eight percent. Second place is Mark Andre Fleury eighteen percent. Third place is Andre Vasilevsky. Jonathan Quick, Brayden Holby. Um, I don't agree with this at all. Yeah, like none of these. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I wouldn't say that I don't agree with all of them. I think it's very strange to see Quick on there, although Quick does have amazing playoff performance. So maybe not that surprising. Carrie Price. It's like Carrie Price is the obvious answer yeah. until you think about it yeah because carrie price has only played in one high pressure situation and that was the olympics which i'm sorry but when you have team canada in front of you that's not really a high pressure situation and like he's never i don't think he's ever made it out of the first round of the playoffs maybe to the second but like the montreal canadians don't get far so you don't know what he would be like in that situation mark andre Fleury, yeah he's been to three stanley cup finals in the past three years like all three mm-hmm. But he's only played in one. The Penguins didn't trust him with the first two. Andre Vasilevsky hasn't been there because he chokes in the playoffs in those high rounds. Um, Jonathan Quick. Jonathan Quick, I get, but he's old. Yeah. And then Brayden Holpe, I get. I well, See, that's the, that's the thing. Like, I understand the why the players picked who they picked i don't think carrie price is the answer but then again like who are they picking you know because the the players that are really good right now they don't have much playoffs experience because that's how goalies work yeah goalies have like three years of their prime and then that doesn't exactly necessarily mean that if they're great in the regular season doesn't mean they're going to be great in the postseason yeah so I, i i don't know i'd go with holtby probably yeah, my first instinct was John Gibson, but then he hasn't really been there. Yeah, we don't know what he's like 
in the playoffs. Pecorino. You know what? That's mm, kind of valid, but he also has like. If you, okay, he goes good game, bad game, good game, bad game. If he starts off the series good game, then you put him in for game seven because that's a good game. That's too risky for me. I can't do it. Or Connor Hellebuck. Okay, Hellebuck, I would understand more. Because Hellebuck tends to be good both in uh, in the playoffs and in the regular season. Yeah, like he got left out to dry against Vegas. Yeah. I'm going Hellebuck. That's my final answer. I'll still go with Holby, although I don't like that it feels like recency bias. All right. Most underrated player. Obviously, 26% said Alexander Barkov. <laughs> 8% said Backstrom, 8% said Point, 6% said Spurgeon, 5% said Mark Giordano. Um, yeah. I'm crying. Makes sense. <laughs> I think, I think there's one player that was left off of this. Who? Um, my vote, Claude Giroux. No, fuck you. Claude Giroux is not underrated. Okay, maybe he's- Claude Giroux okay, wait, is wait, wait, never wait, wait. talked about ever. Okay. Claude Giroux had 102 points last year and wasn't- like barely made the top five for the heart trophy yeah okay you know what i'll give you uh see the thing with with alexander barkov that i'm seeing now it's because people are saying like oh he's so underrated that he's overrated people are saying that like but the thing no, that's ridiculous it, the, pe- pe- that argument was uh, you actually made that argument you made that argument on this podcast shut up i say so much shit i don't believe on this podcast it's ridiculous okay but you made that argument and uh the thing is no i think i don't think i said i was overrated i said people say he's so underrated that he is now properly rated probably that's what you said and i would i would say uh that was about to be my next point that people say he, if you were voted most underrated, you were now properly rated. See, the, that's the thing. The thing that um that was attached to this graphic, because right now what we're looking at, we're just looking at the graphics. We're not looking at the rest of the article. And there was a great quote that was like, he's he's um he's the most underrated player of, of the league because he plays in Florida. And even though he's a superstar now, because he is getting more attention, he has been consistently rated as the most underrated player that people are saying like, oh yeah, he, but he's a superstar now. He's properly rated. No, because he's still like one of the best players in the league and he doesn't get that uh, that approval. And I think that's Claude Drew's case too, where he is one of the best players in the league and he's never gotten the appropriate amount of attention for his caliber, although I would not place Claude Giroux in the most underrated category because there are clearly a lot of people that still view him very highly. So what did Claude Giroux in? Is that Claude Giroux was on that track for superstardom and then Peter Laviolette said that um, Sidney Crosby had passed the baton of the best player in the world to Claude Giroux. And what you cannot do is say that a French-speaking Canadian is better than an English-speaking Canadian or all of hockey media will turn against that French-speaking Canadian. And that's exactly what happened. That the entirety of hockey media decided that Claude Giroux was now the enemy because how dare he be compared to Sidney Crosby despite playing in the same city and being of similar caliber. No, I think that's Philadelphia bias. I think that's what you're. That's what Philadelphia no, thinks. Straight up, if you if you look at it. Like, the timeline. Like, he was never going... Like, Peter Laviolette was obviously wrong for saying that, but the hockey media turned against Claude Giroux in that moment. I don't think they turned against him. I I think they just ignored him. Well, that's what I mean. He wasn't getting the coverage that he used to. 
well yeah valid i think the like, most hot- the thing the the thing also is that like right now the most marketable thing in philly is gritty and so all of the cameras are on gritty you don't really get much much coverage on philadelphia unless it's gritty or carter hart yeah but like that's better than no coverage which is what we were getting you were getting a decent like, amount of coverage. The outdoors, the outdoors, the stadium series, the outdoor game in Philadelphia. The only marketing that NHL and NBC did was a video of Sidney Crosby. No mention of Philadelphia on their Twitter that day. None. See, you know, I think Gabby is so valid. I'm speaking to the listeners directly now. I think Gabby is so valid in when she brings this up. But as a Florida fan, I get so like, like, I can't hear it. I get, I get scared. Yeah, we get more attention to, than you. But I'm saying that like, yeah. we both deserve more than what we're getting. I'll, I'll take it, even though I'm mad about it. <laughs> no, you're fine. Um, My points are valid. They just hurt you personally. Yeah, <laughs> that's that might be fair. I also just also have that like like aspect of like Penn's fandom where like you're just being a you're just being whiny. Uh, my cat's name is Philly mm-hmm. after the Phillies. Today has been this week has been her week. She's getting she's getting so much love because Bryce Harper is now a Philly and I don't have to be ashamed of her name. <laughs> I got her in like oh not and. 2008 when they won the world series is when we got her so it was like it was a good thing it's been embarrassing for a while but she's back <laughs> hi princess do you want to sit in my lap no she just wants bets all right most overrated athlete <sighs> all right most players decided not to vote for this i am putting that out there. yeah they said they said that the majority of players would not vote of those who did, it was like sixty something 20, percent or something like that. Yeah, twenty three percent said PK Subban, nine percent said Patrick Laine, six percent said Aaron Ekblad, four percent said Dion Phaneuf, four percent said Eric Carlson. Um, I see their PK Subban, and I raised them Shea Weber. <laughs> <laughs> you think PK Subban's overrated? Shea Weber's fucking overrated. Carey Price is overrated. I don't I don't know um, if Carrie Price specifically is overrated. He is like overrated, um, but he's Carey not Price, Carrie Price in 2019 is overrated. Okay. See, the on this list, the valid the only like real valid name um, is Dion Phaneuf. No, because why are you rating Dion Phaneuf highly at all? Like who True. Like that's not valid. That's not valid <laughs> for a different reason. I was gonna say Aaron Eckblad. I am so sorry, Eckblad. I'm so sorry, but it's because he was a number one overall. Yeah, pick. that's the thing. You were a number one overall pick. You're you ended up not panning out as great. Like I'm not saying you're not one of the better defensemen, but like not. It's not n- no. But like PK Subban, like he's having a down year, and he that's why Patrick Line is on the list. As yeah, well. like it's a down. Year. Yeah, it's a down year for Line and for Subban, and then Subban is higher because he's still getting all of that media attention. And also, he has a personality. Like it's amazing what happens when you're marketable. Yeah. So it's it's rough. It's also the fact that like this is kind of a racist league. So Mm -hmm. that's that's that. That's the team. Just 
We're just gonna publish the racism. Publish the racism and the fact we'll that put it in a cool graphic. No one will notice. <laughs> All right, and and then Eric Carlson is just because people were sick of it's yeah, it's a down year, and people were sick of hearing of Eric Carlson. But that was other other uh, reasons. Who's who's your vote? Who's my vote? Yeah, most overrated. Oh fuck. I didn't think about this. I didn't plan this out. Um, I'll stick in my. I'll stay in my home, and I'll just. I'll just stay with Ekblad. Although I don't want him moved. I just want him to see a skating coach real bad. <laughs> I know. I, I'm obviously sticking with Shea Weber, but a part of me just wanted to be like Rasmus Dahlin. <laughs> no, Rasmus Dahlin is doing good. Okay, he's doing. He's breaking <laughs> some records. <laughs> My Buffalo heel is just like say Rasmus Dali in my head. Um, All right. No, but the answer, the answer is whoever. <laughs> my answer. That's a valid. All right. Coach you most want to play for. Um, John Cooper wins 23%. Gerard Gallant, 23%. Barry Trotz, 11%. 6% is Paul Maurice. 6% John Tortorella. Um, this graphic hurt me yeah. personally because of Gerard Gallant. I was personally affected by this graphic. Gerard Gallant and John Cooper. Yeah, I was. I'm very personally affected by this. And uh, like earlier this week, um, uh, maybe it was yesterday or before yesterday, Puck Soup put up put up their like question of the week, and they were like, "Oh, who's the biggest traitor in your franchise?" And I didn't want to say anything, but my biggest traitor is uh, Tom Rowe for firing Gerard Gallant and like ruining what would have been our success and comeback. Mine is um, Eric Desjardins, Eric Desjardins' wife for sleeping with Eric Lindros. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Fuck you. All right, but coach, coach <laughs> to play for. Um, Joel Quenville? I, you know, that's, that's a valid choice too. I don't know if he wasn't on the list because he's not an active coach. Mm-hmm. But Joel Quenville. Yeah. Um, if active coaches, there's been such turnover this year. In the past, like, year, it's, like, a third of the coaches have been fired. Yeah, it's been a weird year. Um, like, who the fuck is even coaching? <laughs> well, on the next thing that we're going to cover, one of the people <laughs> on the list is no longer coaching. All right, so, coach you don't want to play for. In first place, John Tortorella. Remember, John Tortorella was in fifth place and most want to coach for. <laughs> or, most want to play for. Not to play for John Tortorella, 30%, Ken Hitchcock, 27%, Mike Babcock, 15%, Randy Carlisle, 11%, Guy Boucher, 3%. Two of these guys aren't coaches anymore. Oh, my God. Randy Carlisle got fired. Too. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. So only three of these guys are active coaches. Yeah. Ken Hitchcock has been a coach for like 12 mm-hmm. seconds. His team already hates mm-hmm. him. I um, saw an interesting argument because I just realized how like – um how when Barry Trotz got like 11% uh, on the coach you most want to play for, um, the only reason he wasn't hired is because like those Cavs players were like telling all their friends, you do not want to play for this guy. For Barry Yeah, Trotz. that's what I hear, right? I don't know. I didn't hear that. I hear that he's not the best coach to play under. And that's why he didn't get a higher vote. Because there are players that do not want to play for Barry Trotz. Hmm. Interesting. 
Um, the John Tortorella one is just like he's a fucking nutcase. He'll drag you under the Brit. He'll drag you under the bus and then pretend that you died when you get traded. Yeah. Um, Ken Hitchcock is an asshole. Mm-hmm. Mike Babcock's a heart. Mike Babcock's a hard ass cat guy. Whatever. Ken, I said. Mike Babcock's a hard ass. Yeah, but Ken Hitchcock is also the like his style of play is boring. boring. Yeah, like that's not how the league is anymore. It could be a good style of play, but it's not. It's not great. Yeah. And then Randy Carlisle is brought into tank teams, and Guy Boucher was bad at his job. Yes. All right. So now vote. Coach, you at least want to play for. Um. Probably Hitchcock, just because I don't, I don't like that boring defensive style. I say as I gravely need defense on my team. Yeah, Dave Haxtell. <laughs> um, <laughs> the next two are boring, so can we? Just yeah, yeah, yeah. It... All right, most fun road trip Vegas, duh. Worst road trip Winnipeg, duh. Although one um, thing worth noting is that like in the worst road city it's all of these uh cities in like cold areas so it's winnipeg buffalo ottawa edmonton and then there's carolina at the end (laughs) there's nothing to do in north carolina it's probably that and also like now they have that added storm surge and casual racism oh true yeah um yeah it's just sitting in your hotel and people being racist (laughs) um all right, best fans. Golden Knights with 28%, Canadians 18%, Predators 11%, Jets 8%, Blackhawks 7%. Um, shut up. There are no such thing as Golden Knight fans. There yes, there are. Leave them alone. They they're bandwagon fans. It's fine. It's fine. It's still fun. They're still full. They don't get to be the best though. But, like if you've had a team for a calend like but, less than two calendar years, you aren't the best. Well, fan. it doesn't have no trouble. The thing is that I don't think because uh, I think this could be interpreted two ways. I think it could be interpreted as like best fans like like know everything about the sport. They're there every day. Like blah blah blah. And I think that's valid for the Golden Knights still, even if they are a young team, because you want to learn everything and anything about your team and jump on that bandwagon and you end up loving the sport and that's how people get started in hockey in non-traditional markets but like at the same time it could be interpreted as like loudest building as like who has the loudest building the fullest building the most fun the vegas building is built to echo it's like the 12th man out in seattle but um, their football stadium is like built in a way to make those top rafters echo Mm -hmm. The Golden Knights building is built in a way so that when you yell from the top, it reverberates down onto VX. Yeah, but at the same time, it's like their fucking thing is packed up. They sell out their tickets really easily. There's so much to do in Vegas. They sell a lot to away teams. That's fine. That's still a lot of people. It's not, I don't think it's, it's not just away teams because you look at that, like, like I come from a, a market where the people you're mo- when you're selling out you're selling out to oh, away teams okay. but like you look okay. at any at any one of their games and you see that it's filled with people in gold people dressed as elvis people dressed in the golden knights jersey or in golden knights colors and you see tiny specks of like away teams or people in like random jerseys that just come to watch hockey but like it's there's serious like there's fanaticism there and it's grown and hopefully the team continues to do well otherwise it's going to be like the panthers who they had that at the when they started out too the year of the rat and now dun 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 we're rated 
the worst fans. Yeah. Um, so who would you vote for best fans in the league? Um, either Golden Knights or Leafs, but Leafs are awful. So not the Leafs. Just in go like thinking of like loudest stadium. That's how I would see it. I was thinking Jets and that I just like that whiteout. Oh, true. Like that that's what pops in my head. And like they had their team taken away from them. They love this team so much. You know, I like right. I like that. I like that aspect too. I think that's a really valid uh perspective of it. Although I'm traumatized by the whiteout just because I had to when I was doing the makeup series, I didn't have I didn't know what to do, so I used like diaper rash cream for the whiteout for effect for my hair and it stayed for like two weeks. <laughs> so all right, worst fans. Panthers, 48%. <laughs> Coyotes, 18%. Hurricanes, 12%. Flyers, 6%. Islanders, 3%. Islanders should be higher now. <laughs> Islanders should be above us now. I above love how now. you have the, the, the fan bases listed very clearly because of the fact that the stadium is empty and no player wants to play for an empty stadium. They want to have that home ice advantage. And then you okay. have the fucking flyers that are just because you guys are scumbags. We are assholes, but we love our teams. We will boo you when you're shit and you deserve it. <laughs> and we throw things at you. But if you don't give us things to throw, we won't throw them. <laughs> Like I hate to victim blame here, but they were asking for it. <laughs> All right, I want to know. I want to point something out that's very sad. What? One of the guys, the guy that's front and center in the graphic, the photo that the athletic used for this graphic, wearing the Barkov yeah. jersey, is none other than my dear friend Jacob Langsam from the Point to Point Hockey podcast. And if you're hi Jake. if you're if you're if you're a uh, uh, into hockey podcasts or you love the Panthers, you know exactly who he is, and you know he's suffering to be in an athletic right. article and used as one of the worst fans. Um. All right. Should the playoff format change? Sixty percent said yes. Forty percent said no. The answer is yes. Yeah. Um, the Olympics, 99% said yes, 1% said no. If you voted no, you're a knock. <laughs> if you voted no, you're a fucking cop, dude. <laughs> that one person. I'd like a name and number, please. <laughs> that one person is like someone that's a really elite athlete and just does not want... It's John Tavares. <laughs> John Tavares! Oh, no! <laughs> Uh, John Tavares is a cop. <laughs> John Tavares is a cop. Uh, like, John, why did we not think of that before? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> All right. On that note, that's our show. I'm glad we had that revelation <laughs> at the end. <laughs> Please like, subscribe, review, um, tweet at us um takes we're gonna we're gonna put together a new segment um that the name is amazing so i'm not gonna reveal it but um we need your hottest hottest takes sent in so please do that throughout the week um just like smoke it hot 
like Carey Price is overrated <laughs> or that Nolan Patrick is better than Rasmus Dolin. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Send, send them in. Um, or that we shouldn't go to the Olympics. Fuck you, John Tavares. Uh, uh, please send them in. Um, you can do that on our Twitter at for pucks sake pod. Um, follow us on Instagram as well. At for pucks sake podcast. Um, the blog is being put on a little bit of a hold right now. Oh, that was so sorry. Um, <laughs> Fucking God. The blog is being put on hold right now, but we will get that up and running soon. Um, yeah, do that. Thank you. Bye. Peace out. Yeet. I've been dancing on top of cars and stumbling out of bars. I follow you through the dark, can't get enough. You're the medicine and the pain, the tattoo inside my brain. And baby, you know it's obvious. I'm a sucker for you. Suck